welcome to Magnetic Success, the podcast for ambitious female entrepreneurs ready to ditch the struggle, unlock their inner power, break through their hidden mindset blocks and up-level their life. I'm your host, Kirsty Kamarowskis, and I'm a mindset expert, success coach and seven-figure entrepreneur. Each week, I'll be sharing powerful mindset tips, manifestation techniques and spiritual tools and practices to help you embody the most successful version of you so you can leverage the power of your mind and law of attraction to transform your business from the inside out and create a life without limits. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Magnetic Success Podcast. Today I have a special guest. She is an amazing woman, so I'm super excited to have her here talking to us and sharing all of her wisdom. Her name is Natasha Bray. So I'm going to have to read this. If you look at watching this on video, I'm going to have to read this out because there's a lot to cover when I'm giving you what she's been up to. She's been a very busy lady. So she went from maternity leave to million dollar business in just three years. She's the founder of the School of Healing Mastery, a multi-award winning success mastery coach. She's a teacher and healer for women entrepreneurs. She's using her revolutionary therapy, heart healing, and her five-level healing approach, success imprinting. She helps high achievers and leaders heal childhood wounds and rapidly unlock their ultimate up level so they can truly have it all. So Natasha has over 15 years experience in transformational work, working with thousands of entrepreneurs across 70 countries worldwide. Her work's helped women break through to higher levels of love, money and success in as little as one session. She's been featured in local and national papers, and she is recognized as one of the top 30 women leaders in Great Britain. Wow. First of all, <laughs> welcome, Natasha. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so grateful to have you here. That was quite um, a mouthful for you. <laughs> second of all, wow, that's a busy three years. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been more than three. It's been five years now, but I grew to the million dollar business within three, multi seven figure business now. Yeah, it's really hard, you know, to, and I think everyone watching this will agree it's so hard to summarize yourself in one paragraph completely how does it make you feel when you hear that back and you're like I did that yeah unbelievable because I don't think I ever realized how far it would go I left my social work job thinking oh I just I'd love to create a six-figure business and I didn't expect to be here a few years later (laughs) yeah completely that's amazing and that's testament to the power of this work right the power of the inner work, which is why I'm so happy we're about to have this conversation. So thank you again. Natasha's basically a walking example of the business and life that you can create when you start doing this internal work, when you start trying to create success from the inside out, instead of just focusing on strategy, instead of just following that latest tactic, that latest thing that everyone's doing, instead of chasing the shiny penny, it's working on us and really unlocking that power, that magnetism you know, the potential. Scientists say we only use 10% of our potential, right? So Mm. Natasha is an example of how to unlock even more of that and what you can create from that. So Mm. I've got so many questions I want to ask you. (laughs) We're definitely going to come on to some of the work, some of your pioneering work that you do as well. So first of all, why don't we just start with sort of where you were compared to where you are today? So you know, today you're, you're a self-made multimillionaire. You're making multimillions in your business each year and you're impacting thousands and thousands of women around the world, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. But where were you five years ago? Who was Natasha Bray then? 
So five years ago, I um, I would say that was when I just I was actually signed off my job, my social work job at the time. I just actually only just returned off maternity leave after having my first child. And I had a business on the side that was making about 30 grand a year at that point. And I had made 30-ish grand a year for the three years that I'd been running it alongside my career at that point. Very different business to what I have now. It was a health business. I used to make healthy goodies at home and post them out all over the UK alongside my social work career at the time. And I had a bit of, I guess, what you call a crisis in a sense. You know, I had a quite a traumatic birth with my first baby, split up with his father at the time, just returned to work after maternity leave, thinking that I wouldn't go back because I'd tried to build my business on maternity leave. And I think I was only back two days and I was signed off with postnatal depression and stress. And that gave me like space to think really, how could I be a full-time social worker, you know, a a new parent and a business owner and work on my health and get myself back to in that place that I needed to be to be a mother? How could I do all that and have my sanity? Yeah, (laughs) right. Um, so that was what I call the it's now or never moment that I had where I just thought, well, if I can create a business that turns over 3000 a month, and bear in mind that was a product-based business, so it was less profit. It wasn't 3000 profit, yeah. but it was 3000 You know, if I can create that with all of the things that are going off me, working full-time, having postnatal depression, you know, all of those things, being a new mum, what is possible if I was healthy and if I gave this my all? And that was the moment I decided to go all in on my business. And I submitted my resignation and quite probably like one of those crazy moments decided that's it. I'm going to just go all in on this business now. And and I said to myself, just give it two years, give it two years. You can always go back to social work if you need to give it two years to create a six figure business. Well, by the end of two years, I pretty much had my first six figure month, alone a six figure business. Wow. (laughs) That is incredible. So I just want to point out a couple of things that you've shared there. You were suffering from depression. There was trauma going on in your life, you know, and even from the childbirth, like we carry that, right? If we have a traumatic childbirth, we carry that for quite a while. Then you have the relationship breakdown. Yet somehow in all of this, you chose to see, you could have looked at your business like many of us can and say, but I've been doing it for three years and I've never made any more money. So that's never going to work for me, right? Because our brain's wired for survival. It always looks for what's wrong. So we could be taking that negative approach, but you decided in that state that actually I'm going to see the flip side of this and I'm going to say, I can, what is possible for me? I can do so much more if I have more time, if I have more health and I can absolutely blow this up. So I think that's a massive perspective shift that we have to make, right? If we're going to go all in our business, we have to switch how we're going to see it. And then you did the Tony Robbins thing. You burnt the boats and you went all in. Yeah, well, I, I did have that. I had to convince my mind that there was a backup plan. So yeah. I went on it, but it was to make that leap initially, I had to tell myself, you yeah. can only go back if you want to. Yeah. So that was the bit that, and I even actually remember after doing it, I started looking for another social work job because my mind just went, oh my God, yeah. well, but like, and I was actually applying for social work assistant jobs lower than what yeah. I was qualified for because Just my for the mind, part-time. <laughs> yeah, my mind was like, you need some something that's like, and I think it was just that moment where 
you make a big decision and then the fear comes up. I was going to say, you're taming the fear, right? Yeah. You're basically just calming down that inner voice, the inner panic, so that you can actually get on and not let it consume you. Because that's, again, another step that so many people get to. And the fear eats into you and it just stops you. It paralyzes you, doesn't it? And you start listening to that voice, start listening to the ego, and then you're just like, okay, I can't do this. So mm-hmm. I love that. So you were finding a way to sort of tame that voice and reassure mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah, and that's where I was then. And just for like anyone watching, like historically, I grew up with a lot of childhood abuse, a lot of bullying. I come from a very poor background. I lived in the roughest council estate in my hometown in Bridgend in South Wales. So to me, what I had, my social work career was a 33 grand a year career. Interestingly, that was similar to what I kept making in my business. It was almost like that was my cap- limits. Yeah. yeah. And that was a lot of money to me from the background that I came from, especially. And it, and I remember telling myself once, that's all I ever need. And that's all I was creating yeah. in my career and in my business at that point. So I came from a lot of trauma in my background and, and the traumatic birth, you know, that was traumatic because of all that unresolved trauma from the past, really, that came up through that experience. So this set me on this journey of, of healing myself. And although I had no self-worth or a little bit of self-worth, I think becoming a mother showed me that I can, it was more like I I was doing it for my child until I then had the worthiness to do it for myself. It was almost like, you know, that fear, protector, mother instinct that comes out. And actually he was the one I did it for. And then as I worked on my self-worth and my healing, I, I started doing it for me then. Well, that's part of the problem with a lot of this, isn't it? Is that we have that, that guilt attached, especially as a new mum or any parent, we have that guilt attached for when we're doing things for ourselves. It almost feels wrong and we should be putting everyone first. So there's that kind of thing when we're in our in this personal development space and on a healing journey that and self-care, that's one of our biggest or our first limitations, isn't it, to break through is that actually by helping myself, I help everyone and I deserve this yeah. help, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And I think another key thing was that I always had this knowing that my business was my purpose. Yeah. And so that also made it easier when it wasn't, you know, it was working, but it wasn't like financially sustainable at that particular point. This knowing that, and this almost like this trust, not knowing the how, but that somehow it was all going to work out, you know? I love that you've mentioned the how. How did you break? This is, again, another stumbling block, but I'm sure many of the listeners on this show is we get so stuck on the how. So how did you navigate that? When you've got your mission, you know what you want to do, you've gone all in. How do you stop that from blocking you or stopping you? So I actually remember looking at other women making a lot of money as some of the groups that I was part of. And women making even six figures, let alone looking at the women making seven figures and being like, is that possible? Yeah. Right. Because how are they even doing that? How and what I decided was to just use those women as the evidence it was possible until I created that evidence for myself. And actually seeing women make a lot of money, six figures, seven figures. I did used to think they must be like some magical unicorn. How are they doing this? <laughs> but actually seeing, okay, well, it it's possible. So as long as I believe it's possible, I can just keep taking action towards that. And it was actually a different reason that led me to unlocking, I guess, the secret for myself that it was the inner transformation that leads to this or 
or did for me particularly. And interestingly, I wasn't even focusing on business success at the time. I was focused on one of my biggest barriers or life challenges, I guess, has been being able to have money and love. Right. And I had this, what I call the relationship kiss. So every, like most relationships would get to about 18 months long and then they would end like for whatever reason, out of my control or in my control, whatever it ended. And I was in a relationship that I thought, I actually really want this one to last. (laughs) And I knew that it was something in me that was creating that pattern in my life or something in the past and my, my wounds, my trauma, the things I'd gone through. And when I healed this, and this started with subconscious therapeutic work, when I healed this, this thing around my relationships and being able to have long lasting relationships, my business exploded. Wow. And you got to keep the relationship. Yes. We've now been together five and a half years and we have another baby together. So, And you got married on Richard Branson's Island. Did have a, a spiritual shamanic wedding ceremony on Richard Branson's Necker Island. Yes. Very random story. That's so, inc- that's so incredible. So obviously the healing had a big part in it. Do you think it helps sometimes as well? Because we can get so obsessed with our business and we can get so micro focused on what's going on that when we come away from that and we're focusing on ourselves, we're actually letting go of that control. We're letting yeah. go of that sort of masculine energy. And, and we can allow it to happen for us because we're not receiving, are we? When we're controlling, we're not receiving. We're trying to make make it, in inverted commas, happen ourselves. When mm. we step away and we focus on ourselves, like our outside is a projection of our internal world anyway. So the more we grow inside and the more we feel better inside, then we're energy. So we're we're drawing that back to us in whatever shape or form. So Absolutely. So I love that. So through you healing and, and what just for the listeners, maybe people have never been through any kind of healing before. What does that look like when you say you healed the thing that was the belief based on past experiences that you couldn't have love and money at the same time? Like, what does that healing journey look like? So really, you know, the beliefs, they come from experiences, but also but my belief, <laughs> my belief is that beliefs come mostly from relationships earlier childhood relationships and that's what all my work is is based on that it's not just the experiences we've gone through but it's the relationship that was linked to that experience that's it impacted our identity and who we believe we are and how we feel about ourselves so under under your emotions so things like you know not feeling good about yourself whether that's not feeling worthy not feeling lovable not feeling enough not feeling capable, you know, all of these feelings that we have are linked to something that has happened or a person who is behind something that's happened. And when I started to dig into, you know, healing, why I don't feel good enough, because if you don't feel good enough to make millions or have a six-figure business, it's going to be very hard to create it. It doesn't mean you won't ever create it, but it'll be very slow, very hard, full of self-sabotage, but like, and you're not going to enjoy that journey. So much resistance in there, isn't there? Yeah. The first part of it was healing why I didn't feel enough. And there was all these different layers, why I don't feel lovable, why I don't feel worthy. And and underneath those was was key relationships that had made me feel that way. Mostly tying back to parents, not to give parents a They are the most important relationships in our early life that create who we are. Yeah. So these big insights and healing and transformation that came from healing what was underneath these feelings on the feelings obviously create our thoughts as well almost set me free it was it was lots of different layers that helped with this 
Um, two, literally, like literally, I've been trying to hit a 5K month in my business for eight months, something like that. Could not seem to get it. The minute I healed the root of my not enoughness, my business shot to 7K, right? Wow. In one month. And then I was like, what's going on? Is this a fluke? Because I haven't done anything different. Yeah. Still doing the same things. But the person I am doing those things, how I feel about myself is different. My energy is different. How I'm showing up is different. And my business literally exploded from three months to last year I had a $500,000 <laughs> month. Boom. Insane. They very quickly went. Yeah. And I'm not saying there wasn't more layers that I needed to work on. Yeah. As you rise to higher levels, your capacity to receive love and money needs to expand further and further. But very quickly, my business exploded. And every month I was hitting this higher income and everyone around me could see it. Mm. And they were like, what have you done, Natasha? We want some. <laughs> we yeah. want some done. So all these women that I knew from groups that we were part of, networking, other business owners, they were like, Natasha, what have you done? We want some of it. And that yeah. is- so then you get the compound effect of the business growth because everyone sees you growing. Because I hear this all the time as well. Did you have a time when it suddenly started taking off? Did you have a time of feeling fearful where you were like, you know, you already said, is this a fluke? Did you obviously you didn't allow any of that to sink in because you continued to grow every single month? But did you have those points yeah. where you had to just say, no, I'm not going here? They, I think those points were when part of me did to think, bigger like like originally it was oh I'd love to have a six-figure business and then I started to think actually well why am I limiting myself to that why can't I have a seven-figure business but then is like this massive contraction that comes after declaring and there's a big thing about declaring publicly what you want because it kind of holds you a bit accountable to it but also it helps you manifest it as well And I remember this period of contraction where the fear did a bit like when I left my job for the first time, that Mm -hmm. traction, oh, go and apply for another job quick. And, you know, that fear, right. And that came up every new level that I essentially claimed that I wanted, like big expansion. So for a while, then I retracted. I was like, oh, no, I don't want seven figures because, you know, all those associations you have between money and you must be a bad person and all of these things. And the same happened again when I claimed that I was ready for an eight-figure business. An eight-figure is not just about money or seven figures, not just about money. It's about the impact on thousands and millions yeah. or multi-millions as and well. And your own personal growth, right? We're here to expand and grow. So we always want to be challenging ourselves to more, right? And I really believe that any money you make is just a side effect of the impact you're having anyway. Yeah. It's your reward for the impact that you're having in the world. Okay. So I went a social worker with no background in business at all, single mum making, you know, 30 grand a year to now we make multi seven figures a year. A healer is very, it's quite rare to be, you know, a healer or a therapist making this kind of money in a business. It's not logical. It wasn't logical growth. There was definitely this, I think, like manifesting and limitness yeah. behind what happened. Quantum because, growth, quantum leaps, yeah, right? Yeah, because who I was changed so much in that time through all of yeah. the healing that I was doing. Absolutely. I love what you're saying. I love the fact that you've been talking because it was on my list of questions to ask. Not that I ever end up going back to my questions in these things because the <laughs> conversations just flow. But it was on my questions was 
you know, for every up level, we always have to break through to a new level personally in ourselves, doesn't it? We have to expand our own self-image, our own identity, because we're always going to have these limits. We spoke about the upper limit earlier. So we're always going to have these limits. And when we're ready to break through, we're going to be met with internal resistance where we need to allow ourselves internally to expand and especially how we see ourselves to be able to expand. So I love that you're sharing that because, you know, the last thing we want anyone to think is you just do it once and then it's done. This is like a life's work, right? This is constant evolution, constant expansion. And for every new big goal, there's no point in setting mediocre goals unless you want mediocre results. But every new big goal we set, like we are going to be met with this. So like when we expect it and we know it's coming, we know how to work through it. It's just having the tools and techniques and and the support system, right? To be able to work through these up levels. Absolutely. And I do believe there's like key foundational work, but once you've done that, you recognize and break through the next levels a lot quicker because you've got yeah. the tools to work through it. And yeah, it's I actually used to think prior to this, you know, self-sabotage is coming up again. Well, I thought I'd healed this. What's going on? There must be something wrong with me. But that's that whole believing you only need to do something once that like you're broken and need to be fixed. Yeah. You can't be fixed because you are so broken. That's mm. not what healing is. Like we are constantly evolving through our lifetime and there will always be different layers of healing and it's just a journey it's not and when you see it as that you can enjoy it more than pressure you remove the pressure don't you yeah oh that's so awesome so did you want to talk about your the pioneering work that you do and I'll just sort of semi-introduce it as I've recently done a workshop with you and this is what your main program is built around and I've recently done a program with you. I think it was called Six Figure Launches, was it? The workshop uh, that you did? Was, um, your, your next, next six figures. Yeah. yeah, that was it. And in it, you talk about these four success saboteurs that come up and, you know, you basically lead women to heal through these. And it's interesting because as you went through each of these saboteurs, like we resonate with them. I resonated with every single one. It's like someone could see through me completely and what I loved about this in your work is that it makes you realize these things aren't you they're not a weakness in you they're not you know they're basically something that so many of us experience and we can work through it so it's not something you're stuck with so I'll hand over to you to introduce it yeah thank you for that so yeah as I said earlier you know the fact what people want is the financial results and actually I, I am so for People accepting they want money and they want to make money. There's nothing wrong with that. You're not a charity. You're in business to impact people and make money in return for that. But actually money is a side effect, as I said earlier. So your next six figures is is about whether you want the six-figure year, the six-figure launch or the six-figure month. These are all like milestones that people Mm -hmm. aim for. But they're going about it through how, how, how. And I'm not saying the how isn't important and the strategy isn't important. But if strategy was all they needed, everyone would implement a strategy and we'd all be millionaires making millions a year if it was only the strategy that we needed. So my work is based around the four, what I saw as I thought were blocks that I overcame and that I started to see with all of the women that I was working with and then later developed into archetypes. And every single woman entrepreneur that I worked with had these four key archetypes. So we've got the overgiver, the, I call them the success saboteurs. Um, so the overgiver, the outcast, the imposter, and the hustler. And I'll just briefly touch on Definitely. each of those. 
there's a lot of it to go into so I'll have to, to like it's so good though because we can all recognize ourselves in it so it's very powerful to share yeah so we all have them but we have one that tends to be the stronger one or one will come up stronger depending on what's going on in our life and in our business so the most common one there's a free quiz on my website with like an assessment it takes a couple of minutes to do where you can uncover what your top one is but we all have them all they'll all come up at different times depending on what's going on there's usually one key strong one and actually from that, that assessment and I think like 6,000 women have gone through that assessment now we can drop the link in the show notes can't we in case anyone listening to this wants to go and have a look the overgiver is the top one really for, yes wow. which is not wise to me as you know I do think women face different challenges to men when it comes to growing a business we're usually and I know the world is changing but there's still a lot of old yeah conditioning but it hasn't been that long really has it that women have been working if we think about it no and I'm very much like I feel like the women before us paved the way for us to work and have bank accounts and be able to own money and now I want to pave a way where actually women get to make a lot of money, not yeah, just exactly. and you know, and I actually believe that we all have the wealth the creators. Yeah, I feel like we all have the potential to make millions, but maybe, you know, our saboteurs are making us think, oh, that's not possible. Or, yeah, not for me. Or worrying that you'll become a bad person if you become too rich or other people will abandon you if yeah, you money is the root of all evil. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And actually what I discovered was it's so much more than money blocks. It is how you feel about yourself and what I call the success sabotage and the wounds behind them that are stopping you receiving in all ways, not just money, but money, you know, all ways. Because even though we can recognize ourselves in all of these saboteurs, the cause of these things, the wounds that have created are all going to be very personalized to us, right? Yeah, so the saboteurs are almost the symptoms. And sometimes you don't even realize they're symptoms. So the saboteurs, they're the archetypes that describe how this is showing up in your life. But actually, that's the top layer. And we go deeper, like what are the heart wounds that have led to you needing those saboteurs to feel safe and protected in the world? You know, and there's lots of different levels to that. But what I discovered was healing the heart and the heart wounds was significant in very rapid in actually releasing, I never used this term before, but the shackles of the saboteurs so yeah. that you can receive more and stop sabotaging yourself on your way to the success that you want. I love that. So just for anyone that doesn't really familiar, you're talking about because you do heart healing, that's you know, mm-hmm. one of your sort of therapies, isn't it? But what what do you mean when you say heart wounds? Yeah, so I developed a therapy called Heart Healing to work with this. But heart healing really just means healing relationships because I believe in a relationship-based model of success. Relationships are the key to everything, you know. It's relationships are not just about your romantic relationship, it's your family relationships, it's the relationship you have with money, it's the relationship you have with your business, the relationship you have with yourself. Like everything is a relationship game. I really believe that. And that's how I've created what this level of success with a with an audience of less than 5,000 people. Wow. And everyone and, thinks you need a massive list, a massive audience, right? So you don't, you know, and I really believe that that's where it all lies. And, and actually your heart is more powerful energetically than your mind. 
scientifically researched and studies your heart has a magnetic frequency 5,000 times stronger than your mind. A lot of people think, oh, I'll just do some mindset or just work on my beliefs. Oh, that's just a symptom. That's the top mm-hmm. layer of what's going on in your heart. So heart wounds are things like, you know, abandonment, betrayal. We've all gone through these things, but the the ways that we've gone through them are different. Yeah. So abandonment, betrayal, judgment. Yeah. And about just never being recognized you know, or seen or feeling like you've never been seen. Yeah. There's loads of them, but there's a few cool ones. Betrayal is huge because it affects our self-trust. This leads to the imposter saboteur or is one of the core roots behind that imposter saboteur, which means we don't trust ourselves and our decisions. And actually the most successful business strategies I've ever had are the ones that have just come from my intuition. Yeah, I, I trust it and follow what my inner guidance is saying. Yeah. That's when businesses exploded, you know. Yeah. Well, we have so much inner wisdom, don't we? We have so much in there, so much knowing, but it's difficult for a lot of entrepreneurs right now because there's so much out there on Facebook ads, on YouTube ads and all of this. Everyone's saying, this is the one way, this is the one way, this is what you need, this is what you need. You end up feeling like, unless I do all these 101 things, I can never create success in business. And I talked about this on another podcast. You end up creating more limiting beliefs sometimes from what you're seeing out there, but actually just because they made it work for them, it was aligned to their gifts, it was aligned to their vision, it was right for them. It doesn't mean it's right for you, right? And if we can tap into our guidance, like if we are trying to manifest our goals, then we need to be open to the nudges and they're going to come through our intuition, through our guidance. And we have to be listening to that and acting upon that, right? So I love that. I do believe that strategy is important and helps, but you have to have the confidence to take what feels right to you from this. Exactly. It's an aligned strategy. Yeah, absolutely. And the way you do that is change how you feel about who you are, your level of trust in yourself. You know, one of the reasons you procrastinate and maybe don't take fast action is because you're not trusting yourself to make those decisions and make those moves in your business. Yeah. So these heart wounds all affect that. When we heal that, the saboteurs reduce. Yep. Because they're just a response to the heart wounds. They're like the masks that we wear. To feel safe, to feel accepted, to feel liked yeah. by people, especially the overgiver. So that one is, you know, all about where you do a lot more for others. You're always putting yourself at the bottom of the list. You undercharge for what you do. You overdeliver. I believe in overdelivering, actually. So you, but you're overgiving to the detriment of yourself. Yeah. You know, yeah. the difference between overdelivering and surprising and delighting yeah. your clients and overgiving to a sacrifice to you because you just end up resentful and that energy sometimes attracts wrong fit clients mm-hmm. so people who you know if we overgive because it's a two-way interaction people are more likely to overtake yeah well you're setting a precedent aren't you and you're showing people what to expect yeah and the boundaries like one of the big symptoms is not having the right boundaries to protect you yeah as you grow and one of the biggest lessons i had very bad boundaries so one of the biggest lessons that I've learned is that every new level you grow to needs a new level of boundaries. And yeah. the universe won't give you the next level if you haven't got the right energy, sorry, the right boundaries to protect you in that next level. Yeah, totally. So what about the other three saboteurs? So the imposter's the second highest on the, you know, of all yeah. of the that have gone through this assessment. 
not a surprise. And actually that was such a big one for me that it was a blind spot for me. I didn't realize I had it until I developed the saboteur work a couple of years into this business success work that I'd been doing. And the imposter is where, you know, you you really struggle with self-doubt. You don't follow your intuition. You place everybody else's opinions above yours. And it can show up in, they can all show up in different ways, depending on what level of business you're at. And that's what we went through in the Yonex Six Figures um, experience. Yeah. But at the earlier stages of business, it can stop you earning any money at all because it is showing up as, I just need to learn more. I need to get another certificate, yeah. another course before I can charge what I do. And it's constantly comparing to other people that are ahead of you, right? And saying, but how, why will anyone buy from me? Like, who am I when there's these people out there? And you end up going in that downward spiral. And like you say, it just stops you from making that progress when actually everyone, wherever they are, has something to give. They have something to offer from their own life experience, from their their own wisdom, right? And their own skill and their own natural talents. Like we've all got somewhere that we can start and we've all got someone that we can help wherever we are absolutely and actually somebody said to me once uh, not that long ago well how do I attract clients when I'm not as successful as you I'm like but I always sold my success because I was successful even when I made three grand a month yeah as much as I'm successful now but I sold my success at that point because that's what other people wanted as well like every your income level doesn't determine how successful you are it's you are successful and someone sees that as successful because that's what they want, whatever stage of the journey. Exactly. And there's different people at different levels that want different levels. So as you climb up and break through different levels, you're going to have new types of clients, different levels of clients yeah. that want these next, you know, that want the same success that you've got at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm very, I don't believe that you only have to sell what you've achieved. I believe in embodiment of your work. Yeah. So it is much easier to sell something you've achieved yourself yeah so that like you are the embodied example and others are more like to be a living example don't you yeah absolutely otherwise why does anyone want to buy from you if you're not actually walking the walk as well yeah you've got to walk the walk you know be your own best testimonial and actually anything I've ever sold even when I haven't had a result or client in that area I've used my own story to get that fit of clients in and then built from there I think you touched on something really, really important as well. This is, and we spoke about perspective, I think earlier, but you saw your success. So again, I know when it was when you first decided to go all in in your business and instead of going, well, I've only got this far in so long. Can I actually achieve this? You said, I've got this far with these circumstances. I can do a lot more. So mm-hmm. you were seeing that as a success rather than comparing yourself to someone else online, which we can all get caught in that trap and saying, well, what they have is success. I don't have success because I've only got three grand a month. But it's so important for us to see what we're creating, how successful we are. It doesn't don't make it big and small. It's like the achievements, the accomplishments. Otherwise, all we're doing is just devaluing what we believe we're capable of. We're enhancing that imposter side of us. It's really, really important to see the progress we're making and to celebrate it so that we can actually, you know, we get what we focus on. So if we're going to focus on us not being enough, us not being successful enough, us having lack, us never having enough. That is what we're going to continue to create in our business and life. So I love that you said that because it's so important for us to start acknowledging what it is in our business that's working, what it is that's creating success, how well we're doing, what we've achieved, what we've moved through, even if it's not always financial. Like how have we grown as a person? How have we up-leveled as a business owner? Like how have we systemized? How It doesn't matter what it is, right? 
it's like looking at those things that are working and we're growing and we're achieving and we're being successful so that we can actually believe that we can create more success and attract it as well. Absolutely. And you said a key thing there is like success is not just money. You know, I do sell financial results. So in my, if I'm embodying what I sell, you know, there's a part of my own financial success that is important yeah. to me to feel, to not feel like an imposter selling those results to others, but I do it in a different way to a strategist might, for example. And the other way the imposter can show up is when you're already further along in business, you're making a significant amount of money, but something's like, if your imposter is triggered or comes up really strongly, such as things like a rebrand, very normal things that might happen, a rebrand or, you know, a shift in your message or you're trying to break through to the next financial level, the imposter will come up and everything will stop working the way that it used to. Because you know that your, because your business evolves, it'll never stay the same. Your business Mm. will evolve as you evolve. And you know, this is not in full alignment anymore because I have evolved and my business needs to evolve as well. And you've got a big idea, but it scared you and your imposter has massively come up to be like, oh, Keep you safe, keep you safe, stay here. You don't want to go over there. Why That's risk that. it? <laughs> yeah, why risk it? Oh, let's think of all the work you left to do and all the things you left to change. No one's gonna like it. And then you everything just stops working the way that it used. Mm. Even if you're writing the same stuff, the energy behind it is so different because your imposters come up massively. So that is another way that it shows up at the higher levels of business. And I've personally gone through that as well. Yeah. So as I've grown my own financial success and my own business, I've seen how they come up at the different levels and then I'm able to then teach women at all the different levels as well. So it's very much a personal journey as well as, you know, the evidence of what I've seen in the thousands of women that I've now worked with as well. Yeah, completely. So what about the other two? Yeah, I know. I end up rambling on a bit. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I'm sure everyone's going to be resonating with all of this. So feel Uh, free. The other uh, is the outcast. So that one is highly interlinked with visibility. But again, two ways really that this can show up. The first is that you don't like to be visible at all. You don't want to be seen. You hide. Like when I think back to my earlier stages of business, even just doing a webinar where I wasn't even on the screen, just with slides and me doing a voice mm. was scary for me. But that's how I built my business for the first few years. I was never on a live video or on a screen myself like this. Wow. But I know this was like, I could never be on a podcast or a video like wow. this. Wow. a conversation. It was so, so scary for me. But then I also saw that that wasn't the only way this shows up because you can be visible And still, it isn't really like converting the way, like you can't just be visible for visible sake. And the reason I discovered around this was that most people, they're either not visible at all, or they're wearing a mask when they're visible. So they're pretending to be someone or something that they're not, because it feels safer to risk being rejected for who you're pretending to be, for who you really are. Yeah. That mask creates a disconnection with your audience. Yeah. It's this concept that I developed around authentic visibility. When you are actually visible as your true self, which is an outcast, feeling your outcast saboteur, that's when you really connect with people and they connect with you and they resonate with you and they're more likely then to become clients of yours. I love that. So this can trip people up as well when they, because you hear it online all the time, you've got to be visible, you've got to be visible. 
you've got to jump out of your comfort zone. You've got to do things that feel scary. You've got to level up. So they're going out there. They're making themselves visible. They're terrified. They're, it, perhaps it feels misaligned, like you're saying. And they might not be deliberately putting on a mask, but they're doing it to do it because they think that's what's going to create the success or get the followers or get the leads or whatever. But maybe mm. they're just not they're not shining through as themselves, but they're doing it because they've been told to do it. So they're just trying to tick something off, thinking, look, I'm doing all these things. I'm out of my comfort zone. I'm doing these things that scare me. And it's still not working. And it's because they're not coming through authentically as themselves or even believing that if they were to, it would attract the right people. Because yeah. if they haven't fully accepted themselves for themselves, then how can we do that anyway, right? Absolutely. And that self-acceptance piece is a huge part of healing. Mm. This because it just, people can't really connect to who you are. And it's, they feel that. Yeah. They feel that. You can't just have a visibility strategy. There is not, well, you can, and this is why you can still have success if you are doing these things. You're just not going to have the success that you are really capable of. Yeah. Or perhaps that you want. But it's, it feels harder. It yeah. feels off. Like it, you don't enjoy it. Like Exactly. You're doing things that you don't enjoy. So it has that misalignment piece in it anyway, but you can do the things you love. You can do the things you enjoy. Yeah. And it's about finding that, right? Yeah. And your biggest saboteur as well indicates where your biggest hidden gifts are so for example your outcast if you've got a big outcast saboteur like you hate being visible scares the hell out of you actually deep down you are meant to be someone who is writing books speaking on stages and having this massive impact in the world but your mind is trying to keep you safe from your full potential because wow. feels- does it always work like that but from the work that you do is that mm-hmm. whatever the sabotage sort of whatever the sabotage symptoms are, you can actually unlock the opposite of that. Yeah. So that's the... Is it almost like a sign? Is it almost like, hey, this is actually what you've got? (laughs) Well, they're just protectors. So when you were younger, you went through experiences, you know, where maybe you were, you loved acting and somebody said to you in school, oh, you're not good enough to be in this play or you're not getting the lead part. You got booed off a stage, (laughs) tomato thrown at you. Not safe. Yeah, yeah. Being on the stage is not safe. Well, if you think of businesses, our businesses are our stages where we are the lead actor. We are the the only person on the stage with a personal brand or a personal business. You've been made to feel it's not safe to be on that stage. I remember I was told I wasn't good enough to act. I had to be the backstage person. (laughs) (laughs) So bad at acting. I'm just like very honest and open book. I was told you basically good enough to be on the stage and I had to be the props person behind yeah. the <laughs> we wow. carry these things right we don't forget we might forget them in our conscious mind but subconsciously we're not forgetting any of this stuff yeah so that was something that came up in my own visibility healing as, wow. as well fully in so you've got those little incidents like that that you just forget about yeah realize have actually impacted you right down to what we call big traumas like bullying or abuse and, and those types of things so the final one then is the hustler. Just before you do, I'm glad you've mentioned the word trauma because this was on one of my questions as well. It's almost like the universe is delivering everything that I wrote down first, of course, but trauma. So when we're talking about wounds and we're talking about all these things and we use the word trauma, like until I got into personal development, I assumed trauma was only related to big trauma. So abuse or, or whatever it is, you know, so the really nasty things that people experience. But actually, when we're children, our brains process trauma. It could be from anything, couldn't it? It could be from us, you know, feeling like 
I've heard someone say before, you know, just your parent not listening to you at this one pivotal time when you really needed them to listen to, and you've just felt sort of un- completely unseen, completely not heard. Like, yeah. and, almost, and you've almost made that decision that you're not worthy then. And, you know, we can't process this stuff as children. Like, we don't know, but we can make these decisions, don't we, before our, our minds evolve. So when we're talking about trauma, we're talking about these wounds. We're talking about a whole array of stuff. Like you said, it could be being told you're not good enough to be on the stage that then affects you being seen publicly on your online platform. So, it can, so this heart healing that you do, it's not just for the big traumas. It's for everything. It's for growth for everyone and anyone, right? Don't get me wrong, I do attract a lot of people with big trauma yeah. because of my professional background, I know how to hold and, yeah. and heal and I, you know, I can work with anything. I work with a lot of abuse. I work with a lot of people who've had narcissistic parents, you know, that yeah. type of thing. And I'm very confident in working with those big traumas. But a lot of it is also from these, what you would call it trauma with a little T because it's not actually the experience yeah. that traumatizes you. It's the yeah. feeling you get. Yes. And you hold that feeling. So like you just mentioned there, the parent who's, and I've had clients, because I've worked with the subconscious minds of thousands of women, right? I've had clients that have shared the root cause of their not enoughness or not worthiness. The parent was, and try not to feel guilty listening to this, but there's no yeah. such a perfect parent. And we we don't intentionally wound our children. You know, some do, unfortunately, but we don't intentionally intend to cause wounds a lot of it is like misinterpretations or misunderstandings that have come from what happened so they've talked about you know their parent that's working away and they're like you know dad I want to play I want to do and they're like ignoring them or like leave me alone like you know snapping trying to and we've all probably done something like that I know you know the rise of the mobile phone and addiction to mobile we can't be perfect right so yeah definitely no self-blame going on here but just how they materialize And how this could have affected you, because in that moment, you know, you have thought I'm not important yeah, or work is more important than me. And that has stayed with you and affected how you feel about yourself or even being praised for only getting good grades. And then that creates that high achiever identity Mm. and worthy unless you're achieving lots. You know, your parent didn't mean to make you feel that way. They were trying to support you. Yeah. So what I talk about is wounds are not created by the experiences. Yeah. Created by feelings that we have and what that what we make that mean. Yeah. So yeah. Not enoughness, not lovable, not safe, helpless, powerless, not worthy. We've all felt those different things at some point. We've just got different experiences that have led to those things. Yeah, totally. Thank you for clearing that one up. So we can now move on to the last one. Yeah, the hustler. Probably one of my, my biggest. Like, I don't know which one's my biggest because they also. Oh my God. Yeah, right. same. And I know this has been, this was me for many, many, many years. I talk about this a lot. So, yeah. <laughs> Definitely me. I, you know, as a child with all the trauma that I went through, I ended up with food addiction, which then turned into exercise addiction and eating issues, which then turned into work addiction. Yeah. And, and, Addiction is, you know, one of the symptoms or addictive behavior is a symptom of the hustler saboteur. So the hustler saboteur is that person that only feels that they're worthy when they are working hard or achieving big things. Yeah. And nothing will ever feel enough because you are trying to achieve worthiness through external means and external. So good. And it's so true. Nothing will feel enough. No. And even if you do hit, you know, your goal, your income goal that you might have, you just like, 
okay what's the next girl yeah yeah constantly more 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 and we see this quite a lot in the female entrepreneur space Mm -hmm. especially or what happens is you don't believe you can have it all so this is you've got that struggle in some ways I describe it as the addiction to struggle yeah because you you believe you have to struggle and work hard for every pound that you earn yeah and it's blocking you from receiving with more ease yeah and it, it shows up in your business as making people jump through hoops to buy from you like rather than just letting the sale be easy you believe you're yeah. like you know it's just one way it shows up there's so many different ways but also it's what I talked to you about earlier this this belief that you can't have money and love that one has always got to be sacrificed for something else or it could be you can't have money and health or you can't have a successful business and be a, a mother a good mother you can't have like there's always this sort of payoff for what you want or the belief there's a payoff for what you want yeah completely yeah, so that one's most linked with worthiness and only feeling worthy for what you do rather than who you are as a person yeah I remember when I was young I got told I don't know whether it was when I was doing my exam so it wasn't even that young but I was told I had to try really really hard at school it may have been quite a bit before then I had to try really really hard at school because it didn't come naturally like it did to my sisters so I had to try even harder and my parents are so lovely and I love them and they've been amazing and they're so supportive and they were just trying to help me but yeah. ever since then, I think, and it's only through doing this personal development work that I've actually become aware of that and realized it and thought, holy shit, yeah. I have tried so hard all my life to the point, like you say, it's almost an addiction, an addiction to trying, an addiction to struggle, because I felt like I had to, to be able to achieve, to be able to have, to be able to receive. And, you know, that's quite a tough thing to break through when you've been doing it all your life, when you've been doing it for decades, right? Yeah. And also I think it's key to see there that your parents said that to help, try and help you. No, exactly. They were trying to help me achieve. Yeah. Completely. But the way it's been in, interpreted by yeah. your child's mind was that oh, this, that, you know, this is how I'm going to like interpret this and this is how I'm going to change it. Yeah. And that's what I mean. I've learned that you, that pretty much you can never, you can't be a perfect parent. There's no such thing. You know, I've got two young boys myself. And I'm all I and I even know about all this stuff. And I'm still like, oh my God, no, I should have said that. Like, how do I <laughs> it makes it worse? We put even more pressure on ourselves to do the right thing. But at the end of the day, we can't control how they interpret everything. And there's gonna it's just part of life, isn't it? And these yeah. things are gonna happen, but we can teach them about this, they can go on their own healing journey. Navigate and pay for their therapy when they're older. <laughs> <laughs> Start young, make it part of life. But actually, I, I think you know, the Americans have it really you know nailed on that everybody needs therapy yeah right they have a very big focus on you know everybody yeah. needs it's like a core piece of their culture yeah totally yeah Whereas in the uk in the uk is more like brown don't talk know, about your feelings yeah exactly <laughs> and what are you, you know, doing <laughs> yeah oh this is so awesome so i love talking about those subtitles. i think they're brilliant i think people can really resonate with them so just to sort of tail, you know, finish this podcast off, what tips would you have for people that have listened to this and they just want to, they're curious. Are there any, because awareness is the first start, isn't it? Are there any tasks or anything or any tips that you can give them so they can start sort of start, just even make a start on this journey, just with a journal maybe, you know? Yes. So I have a journal that I've literally used since I had that postnatal depression. Yeah. I notice a difference when I don't use it. And I always say I should have shares in their company because I'm always promoting their journal. It's uh, called the, the five minute journal. 
you yeah. can get it on Amazon. It's really powerful and it just helps you top and tail your day with a positive intention. That is amazing. It's, you do your gratitudes and your, and I call it my manifesting book because the things that I write down in it, even though you're not writing the how, it's almost yeah. framing how you take action that day then. And yeah. You're setting the intention, aren't you? And then you find yourself being guided or having a nudge or having a feeling that you might want to do something or something will pop up on Facebook, giving you the answer to the person that you need to speak to to make X happen. And it's just, this stuff's powerful, like really powerful. Yeah. So that, and for me, it really was like the game changer. Um, Money mindset, absolutely. But going deeper than that, where I found that looking at money mindset work really exploded for me was when I was not just working on money but working on changing my feelings about myself like changing my worthiness my enoughness and I think listening to your intuition is another key thing what I tend to find is that most people have already had their million dollar business idea but they've Mm. ignored it they've ignored it they've like thought oh no that can't be it that can't be right but and they basically they're ignoring the calling of their soul wow I love that So again, it's building that relationship with yourself. So you start listening, first of all, and then trusting. So it's taking actions on the things that you're thinking or feeling, those nudges, so that you can then build the evidence to build the relationship, to build the trust. And I think another key thing is like all of business is an experiment. There is like there's no failure. And even if something doesn't go the way you expect it to Mm. at the time, there's always still a bigger purpose to it that won't be known until a bit later on in the journey so an example I usually give for this was I I created this course earlier on in my business around confidence clients and cash flow and Mm -hmm. I sold it the first time it was like 150 pound or something for four weeks together and the results were fabulous and then I tried to sell it again for a little bit more after I usually sell it at like a lower price the first time it goes and like nobody wanted it and I was like oh Okay, never mind. You know, put that to the side, move on, come up with a different offer, etc. Yeah. And then one day I had this like I woke up, it was a Sunday morning, and this little voice in my head going, Somebody needs confidence today, Natasha. That's my intuition talking to me. So I put the offer out on my on email and I was like, it was like 99 pounds self-study. 150 people signed up. 150 right? people. 50 people. When nobody had been interested in this before and it was a group. Oh my goodness. 150 people, 15,000 pounds in 24 hours. Wow. It was crazy and completely unexpected. But that was something that I didn't give up on. Sometimes you just got to present it in a different way. Listening to your intuition was part of that. And so many of those people went on to buy my higher price programs one-to-one because they had such an incredible experience with that. And now that program alone has had over 400 people buy it. Wow. And those people have gone on to buy, like some of them have been super clients who buy everything that I do. Yeah. So if I'd just given up on it entirely and not followed my intuition, yeah. I probably wouldn't have the business that I've got now. That is absolutely bonkers. I love that. Thanks for sharing that example. So don't give up on yourself. Do what feels right at the moment. And instead of just pushing and forcing through, if it feels right to put it to the side, put it to the side, but just be listening to those nudges. And be prepared to take and tweak. Like it is just an experiment. All the business is just an experiment. I mean, you see it in that way, you don't make it mean something about you. It takes off so much pressure again. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's so good. Thank you. I have one last question to ask you, which is a question I ask all of my guests. So the podcast is called Magnetic Success and success means something different to each and every one of us. So Mm -hmm. I would love to know what your definition of success is. Yeah, that's a big one. For me, like my whole journey has been about redefining success. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's about having like financial success, just one part of it, but having having success in all areas, really, you know, success that hasn't had to come at a sacrifice to other parts of you and parts of your life and and important relationships in your life. I love it. That's so awesome. Thank you, Natasha. Thanks for sharing all of your nuggets of wisdom with us and taking us on your journey where you've created a massive amount of success from the inside out and become very magnetic in the process. So thank you so much. I will speak to you soon. Before I go, if you have enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to go look up Natasha on social media, go and follow her and go and take that test on her website if it has resonated with you. I also just want to let you know about an upcoming free masterclass that I have on Tuesday, the 31st of January, which I would love to invite you to. It's called The Six Power Levers to Seven Figure Success. And I'll be sharing the roadmap that helped me take my business from failing to hitting a seven figure year. You can use the same process to hit any business or income goal. If you'd like to join live, it's Tuesday the 31st at 2pm GMT, 9am EST. Just click the link in the show notes to register. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and it's inspired you to unlocking more of the success that's already within you. Make sure you check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of the episode and all the important links. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend on social media and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Let me know what you enjoyed about this episode and that review. I really love hearing feedback from you and it helps me figure out how I can serve and support you moving forward. And if you want to go deeper, follow me on the grams at Kirsty Kamarowskis for more inspiration or visit my website at www.mindmuse.co.uk.